0: Howdy, friends. I am Link, and I am obsessed with all things fitness, nutrition, and helping people become the most badass versions of themselves. I'm a former Division II athlete with a passion for making sure your fitness journey isn't a chore, but instead one of the best parts of your day. This podcast will be full of education and motivation so you can kick ass in the gym, kitchen, and your life. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Link Fitness Show. Welcome to this little bonus episode where I'm going to be sharing my highly requested birth story. So to be honest, I never realized how many people actually love hearing birth stories. Like I posted a poll on my Instagram story and the last time I checked, there was over like 75 people who were like, yeah, I want to hear it. So let's dive in, shall we? So um I had my first child, little boy, his name is Weston. Uh, he was born when I was 40 weeks and 2 days. Um I swore pretty much the entire pregnancy that he was going to come early. I was wrong, clearly. Um, I honestly thought I was I wasn't even going to make it to like 39 weeks. Like I really thought he was coming early. Um but he decided, "Nope, I want to chill and get nice and plump and give mom one hell of a ride right so i started having contractions my first contraction i didn't i felt like the sunday before he was born so he was born on the 13th so on november 6th i had my first contraction while i was out on a walk with drew which follow me on instagram you saw every day i was going for multiple walks a day that is what sparked it that first contraction um and he was like all right let's go like you're out you're walking twice a day for the entire week because we were just going to walk this baby out of me, right? Um, So yeah, there was that. I did have a couple Brax. I mean, obviously I had Braxton Hicks contractions prior to the real thing, but uh, they weren't intense at all. Like, I guess I was fortunate. I know some people say their Braxton Hicks weren't bad. Other people say they were like extremely intense. Um, I was fortunate. Mine were not intense at all. I, I really only felt like two of them. Um, and they were very, very short. So when I felt the real contraction, I was like, whoa, that's a little bit different. Uh, that is not Braxton Hicks. So yeah. But I didn't start having those consistent contractions until November 12th at around 5 a.m. And again, he was born November 13th at 7, 13 p.m. Right. So I had... I had one contraction wake me up at like 2.30 in the morning, but then I like fell back asleep until another one hit at like 5 a.m. And that one woke me up. So the one at 2.30 woke me up. I fell back asleep. I don't know if I was still having contractions in between that 2.30 and 5 o'clock point. I'm assuming I was because from there, they from 5 o'clock on, they were very, very consistent. Um, but yeah, from 2.30 to 5, I just slept. So I don't know if I felt any if I had any, but I definitely didn't feel them were enough to wake me up, right? So from five o'clock on, I started having contractions about 30 minutes apart. They continued all day long, um, obviously dropping down to 20 minutes apart, then 15, then 10. And then they were all the way down to five minutes apart around like 7 p.m., which is when we went to the hospital. So my... The hospital that I delivered at is about 30 minutes from my house. So my doctor had told me like, hey, because you do live a little bit further away, give us a call when they're about five minutes apart and then you can head down. Um, They'll kind of confirm that for you, though. They originally kind of wanted me to wait until like they were two to three minutes apart consistently, Um, but they were like, if they're getting more and more intense, you might as well just come on down, which thankfully I did because I obviously had to be admitted that night, which I'll get to. But before I go any further, I do have to admit this part of the story because I honestly, I find it hilarious. I think it was like karma coming back and just biting me in the ass, like taking a big old chunk out of my ass because I was talking so much shit. I was so confident that I was going to be perfectly fine during labor. So I'm having these contractions and I'm like, oh my God, these aren't shit like people are fucking screaming in the movies like I know my sister-in-law when she gave birth to her I think it was her son her first child uh, she was in Germany and I'm pretty sure there was like a woman there like just screaming right and I don't know if it was the same for her second or whatever it was but I, re- I distinctly remember her telling me a story of her going into labor being in the room and there was a woman just full-blown fucking screaming right So obviously I've never had kids before. I don't know what to expect out of these contractions. I don't know what to expect out of labor, delivery, none of it, right? So I'm having these contractions and I'm like, oh my God, these aren't shit. Like I'm going to be so good. Like people make it out to be this big deal. Like I'm going to do great, right? And I'm saying this as we're in the car driving to a diner for breakfast. It was me and Drew going to meet my parents and my sister at the diner. And we're driving there and I'm like, I'm good. I am freaking good. Then we're sitting at the, ta- we're sitting at the table eating breakfast. And I'm, whew, okay, that one, that one kind of hurts a little bit. That one's a little more intense. And they started slowly getting more and more intense. And I was like, oh my God. Like it was to the point where like when I first got there, I was eating my breakfast and I was able to continue to eat while the contractions were hitting. Like they were just like, ah, oh, that's kind of like a little uncomfortable in my belly. By the time we were leaving or finishing up breakfast, I literally had to like put my fork down and wait. For the contraction to release before I could start eating again because they were just getting way more intense, right? So then fast forward a few hours and I'm like, okay. I looked at Drew. I was like, I'm having this baby today. Like he is coming today because these contractions are consistent. They're getting more and more intense. This is the real deal. Like I am going into labor. And he's like, all right. So we've been, we had been updating my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law the whole time. Uh, My mother-in-law did come and stay with us for almost a week after he was born. Um, And then, so she came, her, my sister-in-law and our niece and nephew all drove down to Delaware uh, that Saturday, November 12th, because they wanted to be here when he was born. My sister was also in town, patiently waiting for Weston's arrival. Um, And with the time of year it is. So obviously flu season is pretty bad right now. RSV is pretty bad right now. So the hospital, we found out once we got there, had just changed their um, visitor policy literally the the day before. So that Friday, they had changed the visitor policy. So all these people are waiting around thinking that they'll be able to get in and come visit and see Weston. But unfortunately, that did not happen. So Um, my sister unfortunately could not see him until the following week. She did have to go back and go to work. Um, she lives in DC, so she had to make sure she got home, all that kind of stuff. And so anyway, we had a bunch of people in town to see us and they were patiently slash impatiently waiting for us weston's arrival and as the day progresses the contractions just continue to get closer together they became more intense so i just kept sitting in my little exercise ball bouncing around tracking my contractions i did i will admit i was starting to get very irritable um i was i could feel myself just being like bitchy like i just was not in the mood i was very overstimulated like i never really understood what overstimulated meant until i was pregnant. And then that like, when people say like, you know, I can hear the dishwasher running and and the TV's too loud and this person's doing this and I can just, I hear way too much. That's exactly what I was feeling. Like it was literally every little noise was like nails on a chalkboard. I was just so irritable. I wasn't feeling it. Like at one point I literally just sat in the house by myself. Like everybody else went outside, they were hanging out outside and Drew was like, she kind of just, you know, she needs some space for a little bit. So I literally just sat in the living room bouncing on my ball and, uh. Yeah, so I was I was very cranky. So then at like 5 p.m., now this is still Saturday, right? So 5 p.m., I eat dinner. And I share this because this would be my last meal I was able to eat until 7 a.m. on Monday. So 5 p.m. Saturday was the last meal I had until 7 a.m. on Monday. I went all day Saturday with no food. Clearly needed the energy to push a whole-ass baby out of my body but they didn't want to give me any food. I wasn't allowed to eat any of the snacks that I brought because, um, I was possibly going to have the epidural. So they didn't want me to have any food in my belly with the epidural. Okay. So that part fucking sucked. I was only able to eat a popsicle and a cup of Jello. Um, our nurse was an absolute angel. Um, she brought in the Jello for me. She brought me in a popsicle. She's like, "I'm bringing you my bet, my favorite flavor. Like, let me know if you want more." It's so, like I could have just continued to eat popsicles and cups of Jello like all day long, but I was just so tired from everything that I was just like, "I'm done." Um. So, needless to say, your girl was freaking hungry. So let's now let's get to the juicy stuff. So that kind of like lays the groundwork of how I was feeling, just even going into the juicy. Part of labor, right? So, I get to the hospital. It's like eight p.m. on Saturday night, right? We called at like seven, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, you might want to head on down soon. You can wait a little bit longer, but if you feel like you know the contractions are getting more intense, we recommend you coming on down." And they were at this point to the point that they were starting to kind of like, they weren't like I wasn't doubled over in pain, but I did have to kind of like stop and take a break if I was walking or if I was talking. I had to kind of stop and just. Breathe through it for for a little bit. So that's how I knew I was like, I have a really freaking high pain tolerance. Like I I really do. So I have a I have a damn good pain tolerance. That's part of the reason I was talking shit too, because I was like confident that my pain tolerance was gonna help me get through it. Um, but so with my pain tolerance being what it is, I kind of recognized like, all right, these are getting pretty intense. Like I would feel more comfortable if I was just closer to the hospital, um, and then we'll go from there. So I get to the hospital, like I said, around eight p.m. I was feeling the contractions. They were manageable. My water didn't break. The doctors were actually going to send me home um, because my my pain wasn't bad. And they hooked me up to the monitor and they're like, no, you're, you're having some contractions. Like, we see them, um, but you're not really feeling them. And I'm like, no, like, I, I mean, on a pain scale, I think I rated them like a six or a seven. I think I was closer to, to six. And they were like, yeah, with, with, you know, we see the contractions, but your pain tolerance has got to be pretty high because you should be feeling these a lot more than what you're feeling. So they were, they were getting ready to send me home, but I was three or four centimeters dilated. I was about 80 to 90% effaced, which I had been for two, three weeks at this point. Um, And they ended up admitting me because my blood pressure was high. So normally my blood pressure is fucking spot on. Like this shit is textbook 120 over 80 every single time. So the high blood pressure was definitely concerning to the doctors. So they were like, all right, we're, we're going to admit you because of this. Um, so after a bit, they moved me up um, and we just prepped for baby to come and we were waiting and waiting and waiting some more and nothing was happening. Nothing. So around, I think it was about 4 a.m., if I had to, if I had to guess, I believe it was 4 a.m. Um, the doctor came in and she's like, you know, let's break your water. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Get this baby out of me. Uh, so she came in, she broke my water, which holy shit, that was like the wildest experience of my life. Like, I don't know what I was thinking it would feel like to have your water broken, but that wasn't it. That was not it. The only way that I can describe it, and sorry if this is TMI. So when they broke my water, to me, it didn't feel like I peed myself. Like, some people are like, oh, my God, did I just pee my pants? No. To me, it felt like I was in a pool, and I had, like, just jumped out of it. And, like, you know how the water, like, runs off of you? Or, like, you get out of the tub, and all the water just, like, rushes off. That's literally what it felt like. Like, I was like, oh, I do not like that. I did not like it at all. Like Drew was like, I literally heard your your water. Like he heard it when she, when she broke the water. So yeah, it was, it was a lot, but anyway, so we're like, okay, baby should be here in a few hours now. You know, she's like, get some rest. You definitely want to get some sleep uh, and we'll go from there. So we're like, all right, me and Drew both lay down. We passed out for a few hours, wake up still nothing. At this point, contractions are starting to kick my fucking ass, right? I had to get up and out of bed. Like I I said, I didn't want to be bedridden the entire time anyway. So they had already hooked me up to the monitor. That's like the, I forget what the actual term for it or name for it is, but it's like the Wi-Fi one. So I was not completely hooked up to cords. Like I had the IV in and whatnot. Um, but speaking of IV, that was a shit show in itself. I They went to put my IV in my left hand and I had two veins collapse during that time. Um, So then the nurse called in another nurse to help. And she's like, I don't know if I'm just not, you know, I just can't get it. Like, let me call in someone else to do it. She comes in, tries again on my other arm, on my right arm. Vein collapses. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And so finally they get it in my hand. Now, that was... Horrible because when you're pushing on your hands and knees and you have your wrist bent and an IV in your hand, doesn't really feel so good. So, so that was really freaking inconvenient to have it one draped across my body because the all the setup was to the left and they had to put it in my right hand. So I was like completely covered in cords the whole time. And then they had the monitor on my stomach for the contractions. So that one, luckily, I was able to like get up and move a lot more. And I'm literally watching my contractions on the screen. And I'm like holy shit those are getting pretty intense and they had just started to really I was really feeling them at this point I'm like okay I gotta get up I gotta move around bounced on my ball for a little bit uh kind of just like paced around the room a little bit and after a few hours of pretty fucking intense contractions I finally was like all right you know what give me some pain meds I'm not superhuman like give me some pain meds so They didn't give me the epidural at this point. It was just, I forget what the pain meds are called, but they gave me those pain meds and they straight up knocked me on my ass. I literally slept for like three hours. I wake up when the nurses are switching and my original nurse was like, you know, I'll be back by 7 p.m. My next shift is at 7 p.m. tonight. So I will be back to care for you tonight if you're still here, but I hope you're not. And I literally laughed and I was like, I do not want to see you tonight. I hope my baby is here and I am upstairs and, you know, you find out through another nurse that I had the baby. And she's like, you know what, girl, me too. Um, So there was that. So funny story with the new nurse that came in. Her name was Kelly. And Drew had an aunt who, when she, it was his dad's sister. She passed away when she was a kid. Um, Her name was also Kelly and she was born 11-11-77 11, 11 77 Weston's due date was 11, 11 22 so from the jump when we found out my due date was 11, 11 um, it definitely had an interesting feeling to it like I, we felt like you know she's with us and when we had the new nurse come in and she wrote her name on the little board and it said Kelly me and Drew were both like no no way so they also, she had this, like, call number. So, like, she carried around, like, this little, like, cell phone, basically. And if we needed to call for her, we could dial that number. So her number, the last two digits of the number was 77. The same year that Drew's aunt was born. So at this point, we both had, like, full-blown chills. We were sending pictures of the board to his family member. Like, holy shit. Like, it was just, it was so wild to us that we went the whole time. And yes, at this point I was past my due date, but the fact that we went into the hospital to have Weston whose due date was 11, and to have our nurse's name be Kelly and the last two digits be the, the year that Kelly was born. It was just wild to me. So anyway, that nurse was an absolute angel in so many aspects, but she was just absolutely incredible. I wish I had like a goodie basket put together for her because, oh my God, she was like a saving grace throughout my entire labor. So anyways, fast forward a little bit more and I am fucking hurting at this point. The pain meds have wore off. The contractions are much more intense. I had a like nice little like three, four hour period where I wasn't feeling those contractions because of the pain medication. So now that they've worn off, I'm feeling these contractions much more intense again. So... Needless to say, I'm like, all right, Kelly, get me that epidural. The epidural literally made me pass out. I was sitting on the edge of the bed. They put it in my low back. And when they did, I felt the shock go through. Like, it literally felt like I got electrocuted down my entire right side. And when it did, I passed out. And luckily, Drew was sitting in front of me. So I had my feet up on his knees and he was holding my hands and my head just dropped forward. And I ha- literally had my chin in my chest. I was out cold. And he squeezed my hands. And with that, I kind of like woke up and I came to it And I was like, I didn't just pass out. There's no way I passed out. Well, after the guy, the anesthesiologist had left the room, Drew was like, you passed out. I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't. And he's like, no, Link, you were limp. Like, you passed out. And I was like, yeah, well, whoopsies. So at this point, I also started the Pitocin. I was, I went into it with the idea that I was going to have a completely natural birth. I was not going to have pain medication. I was not going to have an epidural. I was not going to have the pitocin. I, I did not want to be induced. Um, none of that. Well, shit changes when you're in pain. And I'm very, very grateful I did go in with a more flexible mindset of, you know, I'm going to control what I can. And I have this goal for myself, um, this idea of how I would like for things to go. And if it doesn't go that way, it doesn't go that way. And I'm totally okay with that. Um, as long as Weston comes out and he's safe and he's healthy and he's happy. That's what I care about. And if I can be happy and healthy along the way as well, that's obviously what I want to. So, um, yeah, the epidural I passed out came to, I was like, Oh my God, that fucking hurt. Um, and funny part, which I obviously did not see, but so the nurse was standing to my, to my left in front of me, like, kind of just rubbing my back and trying to comfort me as I got the epidural. She knew I wasn't looking forward to it. Drew was sitting in front of me holding my hands. And <laughs> I thank God I didn't see this. But Drew saw the needle for the epidural and was like, oh, my God. Like, he, apparently, he, like, was, like, shook. Like, his face started to go white. He was like, oh, my God. And the nurse saw and Kelly saw him and looked at him and was like, uh-uh. No. Like, she's shaking her head. Like, do not let her see you freak out like this right now. So he kept his cool, get the epidural. Um, I had three naps during this point because, you know, they're trying to make sure that the epidural doesn't pull in one specific area. So I had to lay with the peanut ball between my legs on my left side. I laid on my back for a little bit. I laid on my right side until my legs were literally bricks and I could not move them. Um, So during this time, while I was laying there, I was just taking naps. Three naps later, it's time to push. And at this point, It's a little bit before, like, 4 p.m., and they're confident that he'll be out by 4. Like, they're like, oh, you're having this baby by 4 p.m. Well, it didn't go as planned, like everything else. So I pushed the first time for an hour and a half, and they're like, okay, let's rest for a bit. At this point, I am 10 centimeters. I'm full on ready to fucking go. And Weston is coming down the birth canal, but his head is bouncing off of my bone. And yeah, he's you can hear him in the background right now. He didn't like that part of the part of the plan, Um, part of the journey. So push for a while. And then they're like, all right, you know, she needs to rest, rest for a little bit. Take a nice little nap. I wake up. I push for another. Hour and a half until I literally passed out a second time. At this point, the midwife and the nurse are like, "All right, you know she needs another break." I was adamant that I was going to keep going. Like I was literally passing out, waking up, pushing till I was borderline falling over a second time, and then trying to push again. They're like, "You need to, you need to rest. You need to take a break." Um, so there was that. Now I've passed out twice today, and I'm freaking exhausted from all of the pushing. So a little bit later, I pushed for a third round. I pass out a third time. At this point, the nurse calls the doctor in to come see me because Weston was what they call sunny side up, meaning he's facing the wrong way. He's stuck in the birth canal. He's continuing to bounce off of my bone. Um, and on top of that, he was like slightly crooked in the birth canal, which obviously was not help- helping either. Um, oh, Timeout. Be right back. Okay, so... During all of that pushing, all of those sessions of pushing, he was literally, like I said, bouncing off of my bone and getting stuck. Like they could literally see his hair, but he was just stuck bouncing around. So what we were hoping was that I would be able to push hard enough to kind of bust him up and over my bone and get him out. Well, unfortunately, every time I pushed, he would just kind of like, instead of going out, he would go like side to side. (laughs) You know what I mean? So he was like bouncing around side to side. Um, at this point, the nurse is helping me push because my legs are dead at this point. Um, I have to go, I'll push off of the contractions that I see on the screen because they gave me a heavy dosage of epidural. So I was not feeling it. Um, and Drew is helping me at this point too. So Drew is literally hand behind my back, folding me forward to help me push, um, which in the process, I believe dislocated one of my ribs. So got to make a Cairo uh chiropractor appointment very very soon. Uh but anyway, so at this point I just I couldn't get him out. I was so unbelievably exhausted. I was so scared that he was not going to be okay, that I was literally like 30 seconds away from being like, "Can you just break my bone and get him the fuck out?" Like get him out. I don't care what we have to do, but I need to get him out because I was just so scared that something was going to be wrong with him, that he was going to get hurt in the process or that You know, it it was just very, very scary as a new mother to know that my baby is literally stuck inside my body. He's getting hurt every time I push. It was mentally just added stress. It was so hard to, to just think about what he was going through in that process. Like I obviously I was in pain too, but I was so much like I was so worried about what was going on with him. I was so focused on him and what he was feeling that it was crazy. Like, I just didn't even care what pain I was feeling at the time. Like, did not care. Um, But anyway, so I had pushed in multiple different positions. Like, I pushed on my back, on my side, on my hands and knees. Like, put it this way. I was in a hospital bed that was fairly soft and I had bruising on my knees because of how hard I was pushing off of the bed to try and get any momentum that I possibly could to get this poor baby out. And I remember just... Looking over at Drew and seeing fear written all over his face. All over his face. And now, he is normally the calm and collected type of person. Like, he does not get stressed. He does not get overwhelmed easily. So, the fact that I could see how scared he was really said a lot. Because Drew truly is, like, he's very protective. Very protective over me. So... The fact that he could not help me or could not take away my pain, he couldn't get Weston out himself, it scared him. And that definitely, obviously he didn't, he was trying his best to hide his fear from me because he wanted me to feel confident um, and secure. But it was very, it was a lot for him too. Like I don't, I'm not taking that away from him at all. Like what I went through was really, really hard, but I know it was It was definitely hard for him, too, because he had to sit there and watch the whole thing. And he had no control over it, helping me, helping Weston. And like I said, being the protector that he is, that was very, very hard for him. So um, while I did not find comfort in his fear face, it just kind of reassured me that, you know, what I'm feeling is is normal. It's, It's okay that I feel this way because he feels it, too. Okay. So, uh, before I go any further, I do have little man. He did wake up from his nap. So he is on me right now. If you hear him in the background, he is a noisy little fella. So just keep it real. He has, he just wants to add his little, his little comments here and there. So, um, so now with all of the, you know, complications, I come to find out that they gave me, like I said earlier, a very heavy dose with the epidural. Like they gave me more than what was in, Necessary. I I don't know why, um, but come to find out, they had hit me with a little bit of a heavy dose uh, for the epidural. So I literally couldn't feel the contractions. I had no idea when I was supposed to push. Like I know they say, like some people will feel, they'll still feel a little bit even with the epidural. Just kind of knocks it down. Some people feel absolutely nothing. I was one of those people. I felt absolutely nothing. Right. I had no idea when to push. We went solely off of the monitor to see when I was having contractions. So we were at first like when the contractions would start, I would start pushing, but then that wasn't working. So we we're like, all right, well, let's wait until the contraction peaks. And right before the peak, we'll start pushing. That didn't work. Um, so it was it was a lot. And like I said, they they had to bring in the doctor at this point. When I was pushing the previous sessions, it was just with my nurse, Drew, and the midwife. Well, now they bring in the doctor and She's like, all right, I'm going to have you push a couple more times. She's taking a look. She's trying to figure everything out. At this point, they're also, well, they had been gradually increasing the Pitocin. When I started, I was at like six, I think it's milligrams. And by the time he was born, I was getting 18. And the nurse there told me that the average person only needs about six milligrams of the Pitocin before, you know, baby is out. I was three times that. Uh, So basically what they were doing with the Pitocin at this point was using it to almost counteract the epidural. Like they needed me to feel the contractions to be able to push better. So they had to increase the level of Pitocin, make me feel those contractions over the epidural so I could push. Right. So now I'm starting to feel things again and I'm in the heat of labor and this shit hurts. <laughs> so, after pushing a few more times, the doctor turns to the nurse and next thing I know, there's like 15 different people in the fucking room. Like the room was packed. Like you could not fit another person in this room. And um it was, you know, between the nurses on my floor, the NICU nurses, the doctors, the midwife, like there were so many people in there and I just heard them call in like multiple nurses from the NICU and that terror the minute i heard that word i was absolutely terrified because i was like something is wrong like he's not okay um i, I hope he's going to make it like uh it took everything in me not to cry i think i was in so much shock that i could not cry um but i truly was like terrified to my core of like why are they in here like why do they need to be in here um so Yeah, that, that was intense. So I push a few more times and then the doctor's like, okay, here's the deal. You, he's stuck. He's lodged. He's upside down. Like he, there's, this is tough, right? We're not going to be able to get him out without a vacuum or a C-section. He's like, so if you want, we can try the vacuum, but I'll tell you this. You have two shots. If he doesn't come out on those two attempts with the vacuum, you are getting wheeled in for an emergency C-section, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" And it's it's that moment where it hits you, and it's like, "Shit, just got fucking real." So I'm like, "All right, you know, what? let's do it. Let's 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 go." Like, I want him out. I want him healthy. I want him safe. That's all I care about. So she's like, "All right," she puts the vacuum on. It pops off. Doctor goes flying backwards. Um, blood sprays everywhere. I shit you not. There, it looked like a murder scene. There was blood all up me. Like I had blood on my neck. There's blood spraying to the wall on the other side of the room. <laughs> like blood everywhere, okay? Blood everywhere. Um, And I am at this point full-blown praying to God that he comes out, right? So when the vacuum popped off, it did pull a lot of skin off of his head. It bruised him up pretty good. Like he still has scabs across the top of his head. Um, he's got like a little like ring on his head from where the vacuum was. Um, obviously we can still see it now because his hair is very, very light. It's very thin. I'm hoping that it heals up nicely that they said the scab should, he hopefully won't have any scarring, um, uh, but he might have some scarring from the ring. He's not a cone head or anything, fortunately. So that's positive. But yeah, so she had like the doctor literally had her feet on the bed pushing or pulling, I guess. Pushing with her feet, pulling with her upper body to try and get Weston out. Doesn't work. Vacuum pops off. So then she's like, when I wasn't looking, she grabbed her nice little pair of scissors and just snipped me so she could then fit her hand in with the vacuum. And she's had to flip Weston the proper way and then pull him out, right? So at this point, I know this is my last shot. So doctor's set up. She's ready to go. She's like, all right, let's start pushing again. Like, okay. And out of nowhere, the nurses start cheering me on there. Drew is screaming, push, like right in my face. And I'm like, all right, this is good. Like he he must be here. They can see him. They're all they all just got super excited. There was one nurse in particular that was the only person I heard though. At one point, she just started counting to 10. And that was just supposed to be like me pushing. Like she was like, All right, let's go. One, two. And I just went off of her count. And literally the only person I could hear in the room was her counting to 10. And like I said, I I knew he was almost out when I heard them start screaming and yelling. They got so much louder. They were like borderline clapping. He makes it. So Weston's delivered. She literally reached in, pulled out the placenta, started stitching me up. So I had a fourth degree tear slash cut um, and three layers of stitches. So yeah, that was... That was a doozy. And they didn't even use the... Oh, what's the matter, Bubba's? They didn't even use the, like, stitches that she had wanted to use, the doctor. um, They didn't have what they needed, so they had to just use the next best thing. Um, Obviously, still, like, the dissolvable stitches, but it, I think it was, like, it wasn't, like, the thickness that she had wanted. I don't really know. I was kind of in and out. But at this point, from the literal trauma of labor... I am full blown trembling. Like the sh- I was in complete shock. I could not stop shaking. It was so bad. It was to the point so they obviously they pulled him out. They laid him on my chest. I heard him crying and I was like, "Oh my god, like he's okay. He made it. Like we're good." So I started shaking so bad. I could not hold him. So they had to take him away from me, which was hard in itself, but I was at the time, okay with it because I literally didn't even have control over my body. Um, so I did see his poor little swollen face after he was bouncing off my bone. His eye was pretty much like swollen shut. He had a huge lump on his head. Like it was, it was really, really uh, kind of sad to look at. So doctor's like, that's a big baby. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why was what do you mean he's a big baby? So they're saying his weight. And I'm like, can someone translate? Like, that wasn't in pounds and ounces. Like, how much does he weigh? And they're like, nine pounds, nine ounces. And the doctor's like, you literally just gave birth to an almost 10-pound baby. I was like, holy shit. (laughs) She started laughing. She's like, yeah. Just saying, any future babies, you might want to consider a C-section moving forward if you don't want to go through this again because you make big babies. And I was like, nice. Got it. Uh, But yeah, so I mean, the minute I heard him cry – I immediately started bawling my eyes out. Drew was crying. He was apologizing. Um, He's like, "I'm so sorry, I did this to you." i like, "I wanted kids too. Like, I participated." <laughs> um, so poor Drew was definitely traumatized a little bit. But he he was giving me so much credit. Like it was it was really really sweet. He hated seeing me in pain. He was he hated seeing me scared, um, which I definitely think scared him. And like I said, just not being able to do anything about it because he is so protective and always makes sure that I'm taken care of. So it was definitely hard for him to watch. But me sitting back, I was able to watch him. Like I did my skin to skin with Weston and then I got to see Drew do his skin to skin with Weston. And just seeing him become a dad was like a really, really incredible thing. So that part was lovely. Um, they started caring for Weston and. Um, Making sure that he was all okay. Gave him, you know, the necessary shots and whatnot that he needed. And uh, was just making sure that his head was okay after after having such a rough delivery. So um, I was stitched up. They had to bring me three heated blankets because it was so bad. Like, I could not stop shaking. I shook on and off for a couple days. Like, I was home and I was still shaking from the from the shock. Um, but yeah, like it was the first few hours were really, really tough because I just, I had no control. I was full blown trembles. Um, I tried to stand up to go to the bathroom since they had, they took the bag out at that point. So when I went to stand, I couldn't, I was dizzy. The whole room was twisting around super lightheaded. So I had to sit back down, um, wait a bit before trying to go again. It was partially, obviously like the stress that my body was just under, but I also lost a lot of blood during delivery and like the nurses and the doctors all said like, you're going to need to be really careful because the amount of blood loss, um, all that kind of stuff. I was literally like white as ghost, like white as a ghost. The nurse had to walk me to the toilet, help me back to bed, all that kind of stuff. Um, the first one, and then, you know, I'm stubborn. So I was like adamant that I was doing everything on my own moving forward, but I did have to take quite some time to just lay in bed and sleep. I did sleep for a few hours, and then at, like, 3 a.m., they moved us up to our room for the next day and a half. Um, Poor Weston had to go through, like, the usual newborn testing, but he also had to have his blood drawn twice uh, because his jaundice levels were really, really high from the bruising he had on his head. So that part was, you know, tough because you got a screaming infant, a screaming newborn who just went through hell um, to get out, and then you see him going through more testing and it was just it was hard to watch um but yeah so i was in labor for a total of 38 hours i pushed for four and a half five hours um and my vitals had tanked after delivery um and i didn't get them back to close to normal until the day we left the hospital um but my vitals yeah they had they had tanked pretty damn bad um and they had to make sure that they were getting me plenty of fluids and I had to take iron, obviously, all that kind of stuff, but the usual. So then Weston gets his vitals taken and they're absolutely perfect. So that was very comforting for me. And that gave me like kind of peace of mind to just be like, all right, you rest so you can take care of this perfect little baby. Um, and I did just that. So I was able to get some sleep while we were in the hospital. Obviously it's not great sleep because you have nurses coming in and check on you constantly. Um, but when I was in there, I was able to sleep a little bit. So there was that, but yeah, that was, that was the intense birth story. So thank you to everyone who has checked on us and sent us well wishes. Like it, it means more than I can even put into words the amount of love and support that everyone has shown us um, throughout my pregnancy and even after delivery and everything in between. Like I am so blessed with some incredible, incredible people. So if you are one of those people reaching out and checking on me, please know that I am forever grateful. Um, I hope you enjoyed hearing the birth story. And I truly hope that whether you have or you want kiddos or not, even if you don't, um, you just have a ton of respect for what the female body is truly c- capable of because it is fucking incredible. Okay. So again, hope you enjoyed it. Hope it was interesting to listen to and I'll catch you in the next episode.